Hi, it's Jamila from the Mill team. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, so I'm not sure, obviously, since it's being recorded, um, if you need me to log off, I'm happy to log off. So then that way it's just Akeen and Usman. So I don't come up in the video footage. Yeah, um, it's up to you. It doesn't matter to me. Um, and also, I know something in the past people have done, like, well, if they want to stay on the line, like, you could just, like, go on mute and turn off the camera video if you would rather, like, listen in, so. No, that's totally fine. Yeah. Are you based in New York? Yeah, I am. I am. How about yourself? Same. Yeah. I'm in Harlem right now. Oh, fun. I live in the Bronx. Oh, look at that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Melissa. Hey. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hey, yeah. How are you? I'm just going to a more quiet place so I can get my video on. No worries. Um, so, and then Akina and Usman, I'm sure, will be joining in a bit, correct? Akina's on. Uh, oh, he is? I just oh, my goodness. <gasps> oh, I had to, I'm doing it on my phone, so I had to swipe. <laughs> um, good, great to see you guys. Um, so we, how do I pronounce your name? Nakia or Nekka. Neka. Neka, I'm pleased to introduce um, Akeen, one of the founders of Black Tag, and Melissa, who's a part of their team as well. We're just waiting on Usman to join us, and then, yeah, we can get started. Sounds good. Uh, Neka, I'm assuming that you're of the Evo um, culture. Yes. And you're Yoruba, right? Yep. Uh, we have a, we actually have um the grandson of Chinyo Achiwe is our general counsel. Chiki yeah. So he's, he's, he's probably sitting next to, you should, <laughs> I was gonna say, Melissa, you should go with <laughs> He hates, he hates all this. I'm the only one who markets him as the grandson of Chinyo uh, he, he is a grandson of Chinyo Achiwe, but no one, but he doesn't tell nobody. So I tell people for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's a big deal, right? It's not. You know, I'm not, I'm not crazy, right? No, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> the grandfather of African literature? Yeah. Like, it's what? Of course. I would literally tell everybody. Hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed. Yo, I'm not At ashamed. all. Yeah. At all. That's cool. How did y'all come to meet him? Uh, so, you actually, you know, the, um, the ad that we have online with the Black Tag is hiring, and this is this like yellow design that we did online. Um, this little topography design, and, and um, he just saw it, and he it was a cold like re out re outreach, and he's like, I happen to be a Harvard Law graduate who happens to be the son, I mean the grandson of Kenny Rogers. He didn't say Did that. Did he say that? Did he say who he, happens to be the? He, he didn't said, mention that. Yeah, when, when we uh, when we um at the end of our first initial call, he just casually threw it in there at the end because we're talking we're, we're talking about um like i think usman asked him who are his like his like some of his like heroes and i think he got to talking about that and he um he mentioned uh the, the, the yeah his grandfather well like, oh, that's that's nice yeah you know junior chief is like who yeah like, wait, wait. things fall apart i'll be like oh yeah like my grandfather was a writer and like people yeah. were like, yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. specific yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah okay my my grandfather was obama <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah. okay i'll be right back i'm just gonna find my earphones really quickly to make sure i can hear you guys okay Listen, no worries. Is, is this one on ground or the phone? I just saw him. Let me just check with him. Okay. Yeah, he's coming on. Thank you.
All right, so I didn't find them, but it's fine. That's all right. Um, Here's okay. my join. Uh, it's fine, he's on mute. Hey guys, I'm here. Hi. All right, cool. So um, for all of our listeners um, at ODA, can you guys talk about what Black Tech is, what it does, what it aims to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Black Tag, in short, is a um, platform uh, uh, geared towards uh, Black content, um, uh, worldwide uh, Black content. Um, and that's a super, super short version. Um, from a bit, uh, maybe in a, in a bit more detail, you can kind of think of us as a hybrid between um, a Hulu or a Netflix that's like an entertainment platform and a uh, YouTube that's like a social network. Uh, we lean more on the entertainment side. We're really not trying to recreate the, another social network. So, but we, we leverage a lot of components, social network components, such as the idea of creators um, in, our, in the sense of we're curated and um, also profiles, different channels. Uh, you know, just like, you know, we think that that mix of um, interactive content, modern entertainment platform, and social media um, components is pretty much the uh, content platform of the future. So, you know, that's, that's where we are in a nutshell, but our focus is black content, black creators. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Just, uh, I'll add my little two cents to it too. Um, and uh, is it is it Nikkei or um, Neko? Neko, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure I get your name right. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, essentially, you know, to add on to what Akeen said, we're uh, you know essentially a global solution to a variety of problems today, right? In both entertainment and marketing industries. Currently, uh, there you know we've identified that there's no unified or even modern platform that is successfully trying to celebrate creators and bring brands around and audiences around black alternative content. And so that's our, that's our really key driver is our focus by leveraging what Akeem just said, by building that technology product uh, between the hybrid of both uh, YouTube and Netflix, and then uh, uh, you know, building a destination where brands can uh, come to the creators and find them and help monetize their work. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I know it launches um, in Q2, and I know, um, I'm assuming it's only America-based right now, but is that? No, no, no actually, you know, international presence, and, you know, we always add a worldwide platform to that um, to our definition is super important to us. While the majority of our operations and activity and creators are going to be U.S.-based in the beginning, we are going to strategically have um, uh, creators and presence in all the other Black strongholds worldwide, specifically um, across Africa, in Europe, like Black Europe, and, um, and of course, uh, Brazil. Cool. Let's know. How did the, um, all of you come to know each other and decide to work towards Black Tag together? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this one you want to leave that. Yeah, uh, it's, an, it's, an, it's actually a very interesting story. Uh, I'll make it really quick. Um, so I come from advertising, media, uh, you know, came up as a commercial film director, started my own agency, and, and, and ended up going to Google and working there as a head of story, uh, storytelling for their brands, um, for their products and, and services. And, and um, at the time when I was there, I was thinking about, uh, you know, I was being approached with a few ideas um, in my community. I had a friend who was who had a startup, um, and she really wanted me to be her co-founder. Um, I, I came to find out that the, the idea that she was building, uh, Akeem had founded that idea previously and had moved on away from the actual company and he was building something else that was around what I was really focused on, right? Which was um, just black creatives, right? Just empowering their work um, and, and building something that really focuses on, um, you know, getting their work to the mainstream and, and really focusing on this idea of just like, uh, blackness, right? And, and, and how black is just really powerful in anything that we do and create. And so when we met, uh, we actually met during dinner uh, where the friend was trying to um, uh, help me understand some of the failures of Akeem's uh, past businesses and how we were going to do better in, in being founders. 
And so I met Akeem that day, lunch, and the next day, probably we were co-founders. Um, and uh, I, I just knew that we would work together. It's one of those things that just happen in life. You meet someone, you just know that he gets you, you get him, and, and you know, what you're manifesting, what you're building, and you know, your trajectory of where you're going aligns with his trajectory, you know, it, it, it just aligned perfectly. And you know, you know, when I came on um, and we started building, we started stripping around the idea of what, you know, what Black Tag was, and, uh, started focusing on leaning into our our own very strengths, right? Which is, you know, at the end of the day, is content, and content is is pushes, and it's the furthest thing that people can kind of touch. And and trying to figure out how do we build a product that can touch creators and and also leverage content. Um, so that's a short narrative in terms of how we met and, and and what we you know where we are today. But it's it's been a journey, and it's been a beautiful journey uh, from getting the company. Uh, you know, uh, you know, getting it funded and building a team and having folks like Melissa, who's our, our producer, a wonderful person here, uh, join our team and hopefully uh, adding more people to the team. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's so um, awesome to be able to find a partner that quickly because I think a lot of people, they start their business first and they're like, oh, I need a co-founder now. Or like they're far in the process and like, oh, like I could really use somebody. Um, so it's nice to know that um, the two of you are kind of able to ideate together and Black Tag, the idea of Black Tag was from both of you guys and not just like something that um, came from one person and they're like, like looking for another person, like with all these qualifications and like, you know, like the really strenuous process of having someone really specific in mind anyway. Um, so from reading and like more doing more research about Black Tag on my own, I found that both of your experiences before this um, are really in tune with what you aim for the company to emulate. Um, so how did both of you professionally decide to make Black Tag your next step? Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, definitely. I think um, as, as I was referencing, um, the uh, my last company was a, a company called Shosi OXOSI. So it's a it's a platform that was geared towards like black designers, mm -hmm. and um and I think uh uh you know just going through that process uh you know finding out that um uh you know it was while we you know it was it was a we raised money it was probably funded by you know a pretty reputable um uh, investment firm here in the states um and um. There was a, you know, we operated, you know, month to month to month growth for two years, uh, two and a half years. Uh, it was really tough to scale in a sense, in terms of like being just from a production standpoint, we'd need like a massive, massive investment to really scale it. Um, but in that process, though, wow, that was like, like kind of like question, there were so many questions around that. What was definitely working was content. Um, for us and what content marketing was doing for that brand and what it was doing, just how it was activating the community, how it was just like going about like really driving, uh, you know, a lot of our activity and our excitement and our energy was based off of content in that company. And so, you know, kind of moving from that to Black Tag was really that epiphany of like, you know, um, what if I can, what if I can just start building a, a content company out of this, right? And so kind of like the groundwork for that was laid. Um, it was so it was a really natural transition, at least for me, to go from fashion company um, to um, to a fashion focused company. Well, I'll say retail to media, right? Uh, to uh, and technology, right? Um, so it was just like that. That to me was like that was the process for me, per se. Um, I'd say. Um, it's a it's a very good question. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, I had been working at Google and seeing the, the in, it, it felt ingenuous that the fact that I was creating content um, that was sometimes uh, targeted for a certain demographic of people, um, which was obviously people of color, and that internally Google had this like horrible, you know, I wouldn't say horrible, I don't want to speak too much bad on them, but it, it didn't really, it wasn't keeping up with what the world looked like externally, right? Because of lack of inclusion and, and, and seeing people that look like myself and, and, and inside of Google. And I noticed that problem and I saw a lot of those problems existing in a lot of even tech companies, not just Google. And so for me, the idea of hopefully one day building a platform or something that was just 
as basic as it is, it's just like a Netflix for like just black people. Like, I think that was for me that that's should exist. And it was important, whether if it was going to be black tag or anything else, I remember going to these platforms and not really being able to see anything that really entertained me as much as I wanted to be entertained. Right. Anything that really spoke to me and, you know, these executives that lead these companies, uh, they only know so much from because of their past and because of their lives, right? Um, you know, the shows that they greenlight, these, uh, these, uh, these uh, folks that they put in, in, in touch with in terms of creating content, um, they have a specific type of perspective. And I think by opening that door up a bit and letting people come in who are uh, from different backs of, you know, like walks of life, who have different backgrounds, they could essentially bring... Uh, newer ideas to the table where it's not just one-sided. It's not just this monolithic idea of creating the same type of content over and over. And I was extremely excited at like, hopefully being a part of a company like that, or even building a company that could create that opportunity. And so that we can show different types of narratives of black content. Like imagine watching a true detective, but based in Nigeria, right? Like for me, that, that is like very interesting. And so I think uh, it was, it was a given to like, it's very ambitious what we're doing, but it's but we believe it to the core that it should exist. And if you think about solving a problem, um, and 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 the fundamental belief is that this should exist, even if it if I don't make any money from it, I think that this is important for the world to see. I think uh, it, it's a valuable thing to be able to build. And so for me, that was my anchor. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned. Um... Netflix, my mind immediately went to watching a really interesting movie. Um, I don't even remember what it was, but then my recommendations all of a sudden would change. Like, oh, you watched this movie, so like now you should watch Brown Sugar. And I'm like, Brown Sugar. That's not necessarily <laughs> like you know what I mean. So it's just not um, really on as on the nose as much um, as it should be. And then. You know, the, I don't know, have y'all seen the movie? The, it was a movie and it's a series now called 50s. Um, on, it's on Netflix now, but it's a Nollywood based series. And it's basically, I think of it as like Sex in the City. Oh yeah, I've seen, I've seen the previews. I've seen the trailers, yeah. Yeah, it's really funny, but it's also really relevant. And those are the types of things that, you know, people like us need to be, feel seen by, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving on, so as you said in your previous experience, um, you have years of experience like in um, your startups and um, tech and, and the creative worlds because y'all are all, also artists as well. And for Black Tag, you're pulling different aspects of your experience into the company. Um, and while you, Usman, are the president and chief content officer, Akeen, um, you're the CEO, but you also both wrote and produced um, your film, Black Art is Black Money, um, together. So how would you describe your style of collaboration with one another and your wider team? Um, would you say that it switches depending on what you're doing? Or do you think that it's, you've found a flow over the years, you're like, okay, like this is how I'm going to do it um, moving forward? Yeah. No, it's, that is a really great question. It's the first time I've even asked that. Um, um, I would definitely look. We have Melissa, who's a senior producer here, so you can you can validate or invalidate what I'm saying <laughs> in terms of, like what you think the process is. Uh, please, please. Um, uh, I, I'm definitely be interested interested in hearing that take. But like, um, uh, I think um, in terms of like, uh, I don't know. I think, I think working with me personally, like an, an important part of my personal brand is always is has always been um, somebody who's really deep into technology and at the same time really deep into being a a multidisciplinary artist, right? And it was just like it was just something that was just like easy. It literally, like um, you know, one thing that's always that's the difference between us um, that that also speaks to that balance uh, between me and Usman is. Uh, um, as Usman was describing, comes from that world where you know he's seeing the big, massive companies and kind of like his like um, his uh, kind of like uh, directive in that in that in that space was to integrate and diversify and and you know like bringing culture and just like it makes sense of that, right? 
I actually, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm pretty much the opposite. I've never actually worked in a massive, I've actually never really worked in any corporate per se. Everything has either been freelance to my own company or my own startup. And, you know, just like, so, and everything has always been focused on uh, black audiences and black artists uh, just from the jump straight uh, when I, when I came out of school even. Um, so like my world is really, um, I don't know, it's, it's super focused on this thing that we're doing right now, this focus, like this, that Black Tag is focused on, the idea of Black art. And it's just always been, like, it's just natural. And so my approach is a bit, I think my approach is a bit more liberal and free and more, um, I mean, just like, I'm, I'm down for whatever in, ter in terms of like, you know, it's like, cause I, I don't, I've never had to be within those constraints, right? Those rules um, and, you know, but, Obviously, everything requires balance, and and um, I think one of the one of the key things I would say in terms of working with Usman, um, especially creatively, like on a project like this, was kind of offering that um, that perfect balance to say this is this is a commercial entity, this is uh, how we activate an actual community, this is how we work with um, artists, uh, you know, like in terms of, like to actually get this product done, to get this content out successfully this is how we um we direct the artists this is how you know in the sense of like where it's like for me it's like you know i'm, I'm really you know um i'm really uh almost obsessive into the art form itself and then what you know the message that we're sending um had the privilege of writing it and writing this specific film and you know it was really there was no constraints in mind when writing it it was just like just go you know say say how you say what you feel say what you what you want this brand to, to speak to, um, you know, the world with. So like, um, I think, I think that, that, that's what I would say. I think my approach is much more um, without like that, that um, those constraints and those boundaries on um, those, but, um, and working with Usman helped me like, uh, um, helped me establish that and still be creative and, and um, within those, uh, within those constraints, you know, and I, th I think, um, I think, I think it's, I think it's really necessary to success actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, the, the, the biggest takeaway in this process, but also why I think me and Akeen work really well together is just um, two people who come from different backgrounds, um, who approach creative differently, who approach business, you know, business creatively, have the same ambition, but have experiences uh, that uh, it, it stems from like respect, right? Um, because I'm able to see and listen to his point of view and then recalibrate my point of view a bit and see how that really balances each other for the sake of the company. Um, I come from a you know, commercial, uh, very big media, entertainment, advertising world. You know, Akeem comes from very uh, you know, fine art, very selective art, um, you know, uh, entry point. And, and it's what we're building is uh, is something the 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 metrics of what we're building is both fine art and and commercial, right? And so it's a it's a delicate balance all the time. Uh, but the beauty that I found in this is that not one is over the other, right? Not it's a it's a perfect um, like a union. Um, anything that people love as a brand or as as an identity, um, it, that thing needs to make money and needs to be scalable so other people can get access to it. And so. I think it's just the best relationship. Um, you know, I've had other co-founders and uh, I can truly say, like, you know, me and Akeen talk about going off and starting other companies. It's just a, one of the best relationships in terms of business relationship and even as a friend, as a, as a, as a co-founder that I've ever had um, because of that mutual respect for honoring one of each other's background. Mm -hmm. You can, Melissa, you could attest to us. Maybe that was all a lie. She, y'all got, got the feds on this call, so. <laughs> No, no, I mean, no, 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 I, I, I definitely want you to speak to it. Um, 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 just as somebody who was part of the foundation team and who's like helped us, who was very crucial in this, yeah. this film. Uh, you know, she, she's our, she's our uh, EP on this film. Um, so um, I would definitely love to, to hear your take. I think, it, I think, I think this is a really good question. Um, I hate to turn this into a, into a team session. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. There's I, I think it's a really good question. And, and once you asked it, I thought about um, one time when we were in the office and we were talking about, like I asked, what is the leading trait in all of us? 
And um, Akeen, you mentioned, we mentioned that Akeen, you are the imagination and Usman is the motivation. And I really felt as if what you guys said really highlights that because I think with Akeen in writing this script for Black Art is Black Money and like having that idea, Usman was that driving force and that motivating force that was like, use his resources and what he had to kind of like approach the project and like bring it to life in a way. And, you know, I did some help too, but, um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I, I, I think you guys really hit it on the nail. It's like, you really had this creative vision, Akeen and Usman, you really stepped in and um, kept motivating us along the way. But yeah. Nice. Um, and on to Black Art is Black Money. Um, there were some really talented culture cultivators such as Parker Kit Hill, Eloisa Santos, Gabrielle Richardson, um, Sage Elsesser, and more. Um, what encouraged, I feel like I said four of them, now I gotta say the last person. Jalea Harmon. Jalea Harmon. Jalea, oh my God. And Misty, Misty. Yes, Misty, yes. Um, the last two. So what encouraged the both of you to reach out to these persons specifically? Like, why these people um, to introduce Black Tag to the world? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I would, I would quickly say um, that the, that the, uh, the key motivation really was this idea of do they represent uh, alternative Black artists, which is our focus, right? Uh, do they represent that very diverse but at the same time, very similar in some like thinking and point of views, um, you know, just a, and very international and very dynamic. Um, do they represent that? You know, we had different shades of black. We had um, we had we had different um, uh, orientations. Uh, you know, uh, different genders. Uh, you know, like it's just it was it was a very um, different age ranges, age groups. We have millennials to Gen X to, I guess. Jalea is Janet. Uh, I mean, millennials should be to like, I don't know what Jalea is. Maybe she's Gen Z. Is she Gen Z? <laughs> I don't know. I think she's. I think she's Gen Z. She's like the youngest Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've reached the next. <laughs> oh, okay, not yet. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, you know, so it was like, a, it was a good range. And um, and even behind the scenes, we had Gen X. Um, and I think we had maybe one or two baby boomers uh, <laughs> in the production there. But like, uh, but like, um, it was. Uh, it, it was represent the main thing was representing alternative black artists, which is like our focus. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's yeah. I mean, and we, I have to say, we, we had a, a ton of help from our PR, and you know, they're just in the world of culture, and, and they understand what 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 our you know what our ethos is, right, and what we're building for. And so, you know, they definitely led the you know led the way for us to be able to find and 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 really work with uh, you know compelling talent. Um, so just want to point that out. Shout out to Mode. Big time. Cool. Yeah, and you are both West African, um, essentially. Well, yeah, you both West African, and but mm -hmm. you've lived your lives in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm wondering, you've mentioned how American culture looks at Black people like a monolith, um, like just back to thinking about Netflix and that whole situation. Um, while across countries in Africa and even within the countries and the states and the cities themselves, people differ um, from behaviors to tribes to um, like what part of the place they live in. Um, so do you remember the kind of culture shock or switch that came to you um, when someone kind of projected this monolithic myth onto you as two different people? And do you remember how that made you feel? Mm. Uh, um, yeah, well, well, I, I think um, one big difference between me and Usman is that um, I actually moved here at the age of three years old. Um, so so I, I've lived um, an, an overwhelming majority of my life uh, in the United States. Um, if I go back to Nigeria today, they don't claim me. <laughs> yeah, Akin is, is a African. No, 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 no. No. Exactly. Oh, my God. No, 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 I'm triggered. Yeah, I know, right? You see, you know how they do. Um, but like, um, it was, uh, you know, but I mean, but obviously, um, 
it's interesting because that even with that little bit of time that I don't even remember um, on the on the ground, and you know, we I came from really I come from a really humble beginning, so I don't um, we didn't go back a lot. You know, it, it was it was a bit expensive, but like um, um, but even with that little bit amount of time, that that um, imprint of culture and who who I am and knowing who I am and who my ancestors are really drove my whole career you know like uh really understanding like uh the power of being a black person and the power and on top of that the power of being a black person um who knows who who's really fortunate to know uh his ancestry right and so um for me carrying that just throughout life um like has been um, is what it was really what was navigating, uh, you know, your question for me. It was, it was, uh, you know, like the culture shock of, for instance, being um, grouped into. For instance, we have conversations a lot about um, about reparations and you know how reparations are owed, right? And one of the things that you know it's interesting because you know as a uh, you know often in that conversation, uh, people are referring to. Um, uh, Americans, like the descendants of enslaved Africans, right? Um, and and um, I have to, you know, um, that that understanding of who I am makes me at least understand that when we fight for something like reparations, we're fighting for our brothers and sisters here, not for ourselves, right? Um, or you know, or maybe when you fight for reparations, you understand that your fight is probably trying to stick it to England <laughs> or something, you know, whatever. But like, you know, it's, it's so many things that, um, and also on the opposite end, um, when a, a native uh, Black American, we really need to find the proper name for non-native um, <laughs> African um, uh, uh, Black Americans. But like, uh, when, you know, when, native, when they tell you that the universities or the jobs, right, they, um, they uh, lean towards and are biased when it comes to the type of black person to they hire or they they admit to meet their quota um you know like understanding that you know they they're they're really biased towards like foreign names towards africans right um and so understanding that concept too so it's like you know being of that uh that you know that a uh, difference in culture allows you to be a bit more um uh uh, I, I guess uh, cognizant of these like everyday situations. To me, that that represents like that. To me, is a culture shock. Understanding that you know, society is understood and um, comprehended differently based off of where I, where I am, you know, my upbringing, where I come from, and me being, um, uh, you know, uh, first gen or uh, you know, e even second gen African. Yeah. 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 American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, uh, my my background. It's very, uh, um, I don't know, I always get, I always get very uh, somewhat emotional, but thinking about it because it's so, so intense. But, you know, I come from, you know, obviously being born in Sierra Leone. Um, I'm not sure how much, you know, with my story of just like, you know, Sierra Leoneans, but the civil war, you know, happened in my country and uh, I was eight years old and was uh, displaced because of war. Um, and so at an, at an age of eight years old, you have to make a decision when you get displaced, right? You have to either uh, hide or you will be probably get recruited to be a child soldier, right? And so that was my life for two years, trying to figure out how to stay uh, safe and, try to, and trying to find my family and also uh, have this immense burden on my shoulders to protect uh, four other individuals who were my age and stepping up as a leader to try to get them to safety. The, unfortunately, at the end of my journey, I lost all four of my friends who were my age. And I was the only one that was able to be rescued. And so I had gone to, uh, from Sierra Leone, finally to uh, Dakar, Senegal, France, London, eventually came to the United States. Atlanta was the first stop for me. And so for me, uh, the finding, like, the idea of narrative and storytelling really quickly stuck out to me because it was the closest thing uh, that I could understand on how to uh, share stories, right? Or understand other people's story because I knew I had a story to tell, but I, I really wanted to help tell the, the stories that were forgotten about from my friends. 
Um, and so I had an immense, um, uh, almost a ferocious um, uh, ambition to make sure that I can get to a point one day where I can tell that story. Um, and that their loss was not, um, was for nothing, right? And so being African, being connected not only to your roots, from, but from your tribal, right? From the actual tribe that you come from. I'm Fulani, I'm also, I have Mandinka in my blood. Um, you have a greater sense of responsibility, right? A greater sense of, you know, the people that have come before you, like the stories of Mansa Musa, all of this uh, African storytelling problems that we hear. I think it's, it's in, embedded in, 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 in my DNA. And I have a greater, you know, responsibility to use that story and to use that uh, DNA to do something that's much more, um, you know, uh, that, can, that can change people's lives. And of course, we hopefully get it back to Africa and see and create a, a you know, much deeper opportunity for the folks that, we've, uh, that have been entrenched in war and poverty and, and, and also to connect uh, America um, and African-Americans back to, uh, to, you know, to where they come from, right? I feel like that's, that's uh, someone has to do it and I've always been excited at the opportunity to doing some, you know, working on a format or something or business that can make that tie across the sea. And so uh, I think that's where I pull a lot of my motivation from. Um, and I, I think uh, being, being uh, from the continent just gives me a greater realization and a visual understanding of where I need to go because I've seen the worst, the worst of what a human being can see. Um, and there's nothing else to go to but to the top. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Um, can you speak about where you want Black Tag to go um, in the next five years? Mm -hmm. I guess like uh, short term. Yeah. Short term goals. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, your short term goals. Um, uh, from a short term growth standpoint, I think I think it's like you know, um, get this thing out, um, get this thing out on a certain message, um, be able to be, to capture the bad word. So um, to get the, um, that, that, that focus, that alternative black art space and, and artists and creators, um, be able to get them to fall in love and understand this is a primary platform for them. And, and then, you know, you know, we believe um, represents the future of just like popular black consumption, which is, which is we think the most important form of um, media consumption, you know, out, out right now based off the numbers. Um, and just like make sure that the brand is established within that realm. Um, and just like, you know, this is when you think of alternative black art, you think of black tag, number one, right? Um, I think that's like, we're all like, um, both short and long term, like short in the, in the sense that we're launching this year, we want people to, to we want to teach people about alternative black art, and we want to like you know cap again uh, secure the uh, the uh, um, uh, the, uh, the 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 market. Uh, but uh, over over time, over the course, like you said, five years, man, just like being able to look back and say, man, we did that really well, you know, and and we we went into the space as not only a business and not only a you know cool brand or not only an artistic um, like device, but also you know this 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 protest apparatus, right? Um, we came into this space as something we built for our people, we built it for our art, and we built it to further um, uh, establish some sort of equilibrium, right? Because that's like that's what everyone is that's what everyone is suffering from now. It's like it's just like lack of um, you know, equality, right? So this is being able to say in five years, look back, yo, man, we did that. We, we, um, during the time where everyone was, um, protesting and during the time where everyone was like, uh, playing their part in the global movement for equality, um, this is our contribution. This was our contribution and, and this is what it did. And so I, you know, from a, from a, um, uh, artistic standpoint, yes, I think I know that I'm confident we're going to get there from a business standpoint. Yes, uh, you know, everyone's going to be paid, the money's going to be flowing, 
you know, <laughs> you know, all is going to be good. We're going to we're going to bring wealth to our communities and, and to our creators. Um, but just from a political standpoint and just like um, uh, from an activist standpoint, making sure that this brand um, is is remembered and known as uh, one of the most creative um, uh, forms of activism in history, you know, <laughs> which is a lot. I, I know it's, it's a quite ambitious, but but um, that's definitely that would make me feel good in five years and beyond. Yeah. 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 Um, man, uh, sh short term goals, you know, as it relates to this film, you know, the, the world is really watching Black Tag right now as its first film and that, you know, and Black Art, Black Money is really short for our core pillars that Black economic power you know, should and must equate, right, to Black creative power, right? Like this, this is really our core message and our key driver that at the heart of Black, um, you know, at the heart of Black, black art, it, there is Black money, right? And Black creators have always been robbed of the economic return of their contributions to mainstream culture. Um, it's a conversation that extends, I think, far um, beyond Black History Month and even, um, you know, beyond the resurgence of the social justice movement that we witnessed last year, like Akeem just said, um, you know, black creatives, uh, black art, black money is just the first layer of some of the bricks that, that are part of the foundations of uh, hopefully what the audiences can expect from us. Um, me and Akeem always talk about, we hope that one day, you know, our children don't have to build a black tag right, that a standard platform that is equal to a Netflix and an HBO and whatever that platform would be five years from now, that is a standard to uh, consume media. Um, it, you know, we hope that Black Tag can be that one day, you know, um, and that can provide an alternative, um, uh, alternative idea or just alternative content to people that are looking for it. It's needed. It's, it's, you know, uh, globally, and you know, you look at London, you look at Africa, um, you know, even in, in Brazil, like folks are really, really interested in, in content outside of what's currently being provided. Um, and the diaspora wants to connect badly, right? And so, you know, five years, 10 years, I hope Black Tag is, is there and it exists and it is the standard across many households. Uh, to say, hey, I watched a film on Black Tag. Have you have you seen it? Right, um, you know, that's that's my goal uh, personally, and I hope we can get there. And it seems like we're right on the right on our journey. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to Melissa to also answer this question because because this we don't get this opportunity enough to talk about this. Like in terms of like where we want to be in five years, like I did, I'm just interested. Uh, I mean, obviously, me and just might have this conversation all the time. And these interviews, so we know what our answers are. But um, Melissa, just just out of curiosity, like like from somebody who's a part of the foundation team and who's playing such an essential role, like you know, like what would you like to see? You know, like I'm sorry, yeah, I mean, you could say no. You could be like, no, I don't want to answer. You you kind of put me on the spot, but um, I, I like questions, so I don't mind. Um, I, I guess essentially it. it it really resonates with um, with kind of what Usman was saying in terms of like, I don't want for the next generation to have to still be searching for representation for who they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I want Black Tag to kind of be that house of, hey, I feel seen, I feel represented. I don't feel like there are stereotypes that I have to break when I step into rooms. I don't feel like I have to explain myself. And I think just black tag being what it is will provide kind of just that depth to that. I think from a technical and platform perspective, I definitely want it to be a space that um, I want there to be tons of films and um, tons of TV shows and tons of um, commercials and partnerships and all of the above. You know, I do want to watch our platform expand um, from what it is now and you know, maybe even, you know, um, going further in terms of curating specific communities and like, you know, being a part of how we uplift Black people um, from a political standpoint and from all these other different um, standpoints, you know, but I think 
the direction we're going in right now in terms of content is how you start to inspire and motivate and and cultivate people together. So yeah, I think that's what it, really what it is, just providing that representation for people first and then um, using the resources that we will develop from having the ears and the eyes and the attention to then actually um, promote real progressive change. That's a great answer. I, love I was like, was that a good answer, Akeem? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, speaking of, you mentioned, uh, Melissa, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question again. It is for everyone. It's not just, <laughs> just for you, but no problem. what are some aspects of black subculture that you think either just haven't got enough credit to their owners or you just kind of like wish like was way more popularized than it um, than it currently is, and it doesn't have to be from like 2020 or like the past three years, past five years. Like, is there anything you guys saw growing up that you're like, man, like this is like really cool, but I feel like nobody else knows about it but me. And it's like other Black people know this, but it's not like maybe a national or international phenomenon. I think Akeen, you might better be suited to answer this question in terms of like subcultures, because you told me a lot with just Black artists, Black money. I didn't know a lot of those things. But I will say that it's unfortunate that a lot of um, Black American kids um, of my generation kind of grew up thinking that like the rock stars on TV were like, oh, I'm just into like white music. It's like, no, that's not white music. True. They just are popular and like, it's not fair. And like, I think what I appreciate and love about hip hop right now is that a lot of like, um, black rappers like male rappers are feeling like empowered to just be rock stars and it's like yes mm -hmm. like this came from us like yeah. we originated these styles and like mm -hmm. white people in america just like took over that from like 2000 to like 2010 you know and like that's the type of stuff i grew up on so i think like just that like subculture of like rock is us <laughs> music is is really us like music as a whole is really us and you know they get inspired by it and have their own styles but like I just like want to eliminate the like oh like I was into like white stuff like no you were into what white people claimed but it came from you and I want you to feel that power and recognize that because you can you can now innovate in those um, alleys and you have the power and the brain power to do such yeah it's like you were you were interested in white theft. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Damn, yeah, that's real. Hard yeah. to follow up with that, Melissa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Like, I mean, that's that 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 really is like important. That's I, th I think I think um I think that that's the even I would say even going all even like not even two thousand and beyond like even in terms of like claiming it. I mean, I think even like. You think about you think about a lot of country you think a lot of like you know like folk music a lot of um you know i mean people don't know chuck berry wanted to be a country singer uh, you know uh before he became like the king of, of rock and roll like but like um disco i mean I, we know disco's us but like you know it's 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 deep man it goes um like back in the days of the race records where you know you couldn't put a black person black people on the album cover uh, you know, but you have to put like a white, you know, Beach Boys looking type of guys on like something that black that black people like uh, sang and wrote. You know, um, so it's just like, yeah, man. I think I think that's an amazing one, actually. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna second Melissa on that one. I think that that one is a that that was definitely something I can go back and be like, yeah, man. I wish people really knew, even in something as specific as music, how much like that's ours. That's you know, we did that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with everyone uh, and what they just said. Uh, the the influence and the and the subculture that that we have had within just like you can't really say uh, uh, culture without really you know saying black. You know I feel like culture in America is just really black culture. To be honest, in my opinion, uh, it, it's not even a, a differentiation of that. Uh, it, there's so much that we've submerged into. America from like, not even in just music and you see it in food, you see it in style, mm -hmm. you see it in our, in the, every sport that we, that we play, we just dominate, right? There's this thing, you just look at golf, what Tiger Woods was able to do and 
You know, uh, now even in the most elitist white, the most expensive sport, you look at, um, um, what is it? Not NASCAR, but um, the, uh, the ones with the, the super fast cars. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, like Lewis that Hamilton. One? I mean, he's won back to back to back to back to back championships like in the, over how many years? And it's it's just there's something in the water for Black people that we have. It is just something in our DNA that is just um, it's kind of like kings and queens. You know, everything that we touch, we just make it so vibrant. It's like a, a you know, it's like it's like bees pollinating flowers. You know. Um, and so um, it, it, it touches every industry and, you know, so I've always been, for me growing up, especially when I came to this country as, as being like super African, um, uh, I remember, um, I remember someone offering me soap, right? And then so in Sierra Leone, uh, soap, we call it soda, right? Mm. But, but, I, but I remember someone offering me soda um, and say, hey, Usman, you want, you want soda to drink? And I was like, what is wrong with this guy? Why is he offering me soap to drink? Are these people okay? And then um, the guy was just like really, really taken back that, well, you know, he was like, do you know where soap comes from? And, and, and like he started teaching me about like how even as black people, how we made soap and, you know, like we didn't have the resources of soap and started teaching me around like, how jerk chicken came to be and how all these like different like practices was because, you know, during slavery, people were, had to hide the smoke, right? So they buried the food and, and smoked it. And so like all of these things that I was just learning and I was just like, wow, our culture is just so imaginative and, and just like intelligent in terms of like, like species. Uh, and, and, and I think the reason why we're so progressive and why the black culture is immensely always driving something is because even if you tie back to, you know, diaspora, you know, 1400s, you know, 1600s, you know, whatever that time may be, we were, you know, pushing forward so many um, imaginative ideas at our core and it's within us as, as people. Um, and so I think all of those effects just kind of like staggered throughout and it's never going to leave our system. It's never going to leave our DNA. And um, that's how I think about, you know, culture and just like the strength and subculture marketplaces. I think it's just the DNA of just us as people. Um, yeah. Culture is at the heart of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, um, Korean barbecue is also from us. So. Oh, yeah. Wow. Just that so you know. Sense. That makes sense. Because it's mad good. It's mad good. It's mad good. It's you brought up Usman, the, the soap thing, because we actually taught European settlers how to wash themselves with soap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. didn't know before. Yeah. They didn't know. Didn't <laughs> know. I mean, yeah. Can you imagine? Wow. Yeah. You know, they came, they came for um, fragrances also, you know, to, to hide the funk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is insane to me. Real talk. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a lot of these inventions and like these advancements before. It's just unfortunate that they were burned and like buried away throughout history. But like we had settlers like in different continents before the Europeans came in and decided to take over. It's just the way we approached, you know, invading someone else's land was much more different. We didn't think to take over. We just thought to to learn and yes. experience yeah, to, to be a guest and, and mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean i think just to come full circle really all these things are why we're in a sense all like together doing this just it's, it goes back to the idea like know your power like mm -hmm. know know your the power of you the power of your ancestors and the power of your future just like know you know what i'm saying and, and once you just like you know that and you just like you just walk with this you just walk with a with a certain like level of confidence and a certain level of determination, and, and you just, your your approach is a lot more finesse because you know who you are, you know where you come from, you know what you're capable of, and you know what's in your blood. And so, like, I think if 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 there's anything we do um, successfully, like let, at the very least, let it be, you know, we drove our you know community to really know, understand their power. Uh, you know, um, understand, understand um, who they are, 
um, and, and who we are. And so, you know, that, that's at the very least, you know, all this, we can, you know, we can be having these conversations all day, man. Like we, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and, and we speak about that, right? Like Picasso being inspired, right, by the Congo and all of these things that's in the actual film. Like it, it's, it just goes on and on and on and on. And for us, what was really important was not to shove underneath the rug, right? Like as a company, as a content company, like what are we going to say first? And then we can expand off of that, right? Speaking on all of these things and all these atrocities, it's extremely important. Yeah. Yeah. And you both keep saying, oh, like this is such a big thing, but also it's like, it's not if you know your power. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we say this, what do you mean? This is such a, what do you mean? Like you keep, like you've mentioned throughout our talk um, that like, oh, like this is such an ambitious goal, like black tag in general. Mm. I mean, like, mm -hmm. oh, black tag is so, cause it is, but it's also like, if you know who you are and you know where you come from, then it's almost not because our ancestors probably did this on the daily. Yeah, like white people don't think that when they want to create a, a, a deck to pitch to investors that it's so far-fetched for them, right? But it's because they grow up with a lot of the support and the idea that they can do anything. And it's interesting because I think as Black people, um, generationally, we have this like trauma that makes us have to overcompensate and feel as if we have to do more. And that just comes from a lack of just resources and the self-awareness and it, it it affects our self-esteem you know um just even overworking as people like no one no human being should have to overwork we're here to live our lives and and just from being black we have to do that because we're catching up from being robbed of years you know what i mean it's like that's just something that we we just naturally um have to deal with yeah um, and uh, I want to speak a little bit about your strategy for alternative Black artists. How are you finding them? Because alternative Black artists right now, they can be hard um, to find. Um, so what has your strategy been for kind of finding them, promoting them, and having their content live on Black Tag. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say real quickly that the, I think more than what a lot of people don't understand is, or maybe some people understand, um, but there's nothing like being a part of the community. Um, there's, there will be, there will never be anything compared to like, you know, you can have different strategies and discovery and you'd be MTV in the, in the 80s, like trying to, infiltrate the youth market whatever but like when you're a part of it when you're just like that's just like my life this is what i'm even before black hair is the stuff we're into you know stuff that we're like this is our community these are people that we've worked with before um you know so we, the type of artwork that we do can be considered alternative um and and you know we're just like into it you know and so i think more than anything um before we even apply any like discovery strategy being part of that community like and being authentic members of the community and appreciating your peers within the community is probably the best way to um galvanize and cultivate it um you, know, you just it's just like you know you're familiar you know I, you know like we guys we talked to sage assessor and everybody knows about uh navy blue you know which is his, his rap name you know um you know that and, or like we um we all know free to cash flow and you know we're familiar with the arho um collective i don't know if i can say that uh, melissa can i say it the <laughs> the collective the arho but like um but you know it, we're familiar with the collective like we've actually i've actually worked with other members of the collective before so it was easy to get gabrielle on um, free to cash flow in um yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, the, the, the work that they've done, we are, we, we're familiar with, we know, like, you know, we, we have it saved in our IG, you know, um, but like, so I, I would say more than anything, um, before a lot of these brands and these companies trying to like create like the, the mega discovery department where it's like, you know, how do we infiltrate Gen Z or how do we infiltrate alternative space? Um, the best thing you probably should do is work with members in that space, you know, like leverage um members within that space and i think us being 
so like embedded in it. I, I think it's much easier for us that way. You know, there's no, I don't, I don't think there's an elaborate strategy within the team right now to infiltrate um, <laughs> the uh, alternative black artists right now. Yeah. Yeah. Operation infiltrate. <laughs> yeah, infiltrate is kind of a, is a hard word, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And something that we want to do, just just so uh, I can touch on that really quickly, in terms of how we're trying to get the you know the, like the audience over to uh, you know, hopefully around alternative uh, creators, like you know we want their work to also exist and for now and also in these external platforms, right? So we want to leverage uh, the YouTube and and Instagram and Snapchat while you know building the Black Tag brand, making sure that the content you know speaks for itself and that these creators can like lean in a bit more and, and like find our content and existing platforms that currently exist. And then slowly uh, looking at Black Tag as a destination to come to, to have their content selectly, you know, selectively so they can live here. Um, so we want to use those partners, right? And, and uh, you know, you know, for now it's about co-producing and co, you know, co-owning content. And, uh, you know, if, you know, our moniker is that if a black creator comes here, you can also have your work on, on those other platforms, but we're going to do our best to try to make sure that we can put capital um, to your content and try to get your content to the audiences that's directly looking for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do know that we're at the hour, um, and, but I do have a couple more questions to ask. So I wanted to ask, are, do you have time or should we, do you think it's best to end here? I got time. Okay. What, you got a meeting this one? Yeah, Crystal from Moselle, uh, Crystal Moselle from uh, HBO, sorry. So I'm gonna have to uh, okay. go and take that call. Um, she's, she's actually the writer and director of, uh, of uh, Skate or Betty, is it? What yeah, is it? Betty. Betty. Betty on HBO, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, it was, it was nice to meet you. Thank you so much you um, for taking the time. Yeah, talk soon. Yeah. Thanks, I'm Jamila. For you guys. Bye. Bye. No, we can stay on. I'm, I'm, we're on. I'm, no, we okay. can stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it uh, one or two more questions? I, I probably down. I can I can push it a little bit. Yeah. Um. It's just two more questions. Okay. I'll stay on a little bit longer. Okay. Um. Do 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 do. Let's so actually let's just do one more question. So you, Akeen, you've spoken about um, furthering the marriage of technology and art into interactive content formats on Black Tag. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that and speak on what this could look like for users? Yeah, I mean, so um, when we think about how consumers you know, when we're looking at how like um, audiences were consuming content like now and predicting how they, they will be consuming content in the future. One thing that was just like very relevant and just like always, um, always there was this idea of um, interactive formats um, where it's like um, all audiences, but even I think a bit more amplified or more so black audiences, black community, there's this concept of like, that's winning that's just been like just like been winning for a long time um all the way from back in the days when you know we used to gather around and watch the bet awards and everyone used to be on twitter talking about it or you know the the um you know now to like a clubhouse where uh you know the clubhouse app uh where you know really is driven by black um, um artists and, and you know kind of like galvanizing the community around but this is concept of like black um uh, black community and, and how we love to gather around digital events um, versus is probably one of the best examples from last year in terms of like a breakout thing, you know, versus from Swiss Beats and, and um, Timbaland. Uh, so, uh, but so for us, it's like looking at that, that also is an example to say, look, man, um, you know, we really, we really, um, we really love like traditional content and traditional formats where you sit, watch, enjoy the story, get into it um you know wait for the next episode next week you know these that that feeling is still very much there it's, it's netflix like it, it's good right um but like there is an introduction and, a, and, a, and an amplification with being more involved in the content that you're watching especially if it's like a community-based thing and where it's like okay at the very least you can chat 
and talk to your friends like on Versus or like on um, Clubhouse, you're participating, you're, it's, it's, it's a bit more, in, it, feels, it feels more intimate. Um, or like maybe like a black Twitter where everyone is kind of like talking about the same topic or a hashtag, you know, like um, trending topic, you know, there's a sense of like getting more interactive and leveraging technology, um, you know, in our content, right? You know, and then there's the advanced stage of like, okay, you know, interactive quiz shows and, um, uh, you know, e-commerce, like, you know, like, like the new version, like the new generation of, of a QVC or home shopping network, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like, there's, you know, this toy, you know, this, this phone, like, has introduced a whole new way of consuming content. And for us, just as, as a platform that's so progressive and it's like activating, you know, um, alternative artists and young people and older people and progressive people. And just like, you know, I think it's natural to want to um, explore those, um, uh, those uh, formats. And that's something we definitely will be doing. We'll be launching with a few um, interactive formats um, at the very least. Um, and, and then expand with more interactive formats in the future. You know, it's just a, a cool way to just introduce new content, new, new ideas. Imagine like the writer's table of the future, like also um, uh, like thinking about that concept of inter interactivity into their, into their um, writing and developing content. It was just like, we just, we see like a really exciting pathway there. And we just wanted to at least play our part there, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say this really quickly. I, I think, one thing that we can take, you know, learn from Quibi, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak too much on them, but is that, you know, for us, we need to allow the creators to determine and help us determine what good content is, right? Um, and, and, you know, that beautiful marriage between, you know, one of the things that Issa Rae was able to do and HBO got was, you know, she got her content onto the platform really early, Awkward Black Girl, right? And then HBO was like, this is great. Let's put some more, you know, put capital behind it and own it. Like that is happening. Emerging talent is up and coming. You know, there's a lot of writers, you know, uh, that are up and coming as well who have beautiful stories to tell. Melissa here, she's a producer, but she's also writing her own, uh, you know, film, right? And like, it's, it, there's an, an immense, you know, opportunity, you know, within the space to help other creatives, uh, you know, bring their ideas to life. And I think um, what we're trying to do is really uh, look at the emerging talent, but also look at, uh, a way where we can uh, use the components that we've built as Black Tag to develop those ideas um, and then to get those, you know, those content to the mainstream. And, so that, and, and then that creative can actually have ownership in that, right? Um, and not go create content with massive celebrities. For us, that's not right at this juncture. That's not the importance. And I don't think that's uh, scalable right now. And I think you know, that's one of the, the failures of, of Quibi. Uh, but so we want to focus on creators and really just like, put toward capital and, and help get their ideas to the forefront um, and, you know, and, and help build the relationship for stronger relationships in, in terms of partnerships. Cool. Great. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, so thank you guys. Um, I am rooting for you and thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I wish you guys the best and I can't wait to see um, everything that you all come up with. Oh man, thank you so much, Neka. Um, thank you so next, much. Time, next time we'll have PK on the call so you can meet <laughs> this, the grandson. <laughs> you know, because he's probably hiding out somewhere and being like not like famous, but I'm I'm gonna see to it that he is uh, that he is famous. <laughs> Great, he's gonna be like hi, right. and I'm like okay. <laughs> All right, Neka, thank you so much. Bye. 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 Thank you. See you.